0: Welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. As we get started this morning, uh, I need to read something to you that it's part of a prophecy. It, It is a prophecy, I think, and let me just read it to you. For 40 years, The church has experienced many evolutions with mega ministers building mega churches and mega churches building movements. But God wants reformation, not evolution. We need a revelation in leadership and a revolution in membership. The kingdom of God is neither... a democracy or a monarchy, it's a theocracy. It's not a balance between socialism and capitalism. We are called to martyrdom. God's word is his will. The church is called to be a pillar of truth in our world of deception. Jesus said to find your life, you have to lose your life, where every member is a minister and every minister is a martyr. If we truly believe that death has lost its sting, we have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Greater love has no man, Jesus said, but to lay down one's life for one's friend. Please don't come back to church. Please become the church as we move into the future. I want to talk to you today about miracles in the mayhem and you just heard one. And I could... That was very well done, by the way. Um, I I could go on. I just heard an incredible miracle out there uh, from one of our team who has one of their children living overseas, adult children, and because they've been in lockdown for 13 weeks, God has used that season of lockdown to completely set them free from an addiction to drugs. Because they haven't been able to access it, and I just heard that one. Oh my! God. Yeah, go on, give the Lord a hand because that's a praying mum having her prayers answered, and it's the big. It's like God can do miracles in the mayhem. I think I, I have I've, somehow my internal wiring can tend to just kind of get caught up with the bad stuff of the of the mayhem but actually in the midst of all the bad stuff which is another kind of good explanation for BS, bad stuff, in the middle of bad stuff God can do miracles and if we will just set our heart in the right direction I believe we can connect with it. I think we've got to get rid of the thought that miracles just happen. Miracles do not just happen. Miracles are something we engage with and I want to help you do that if possible. A bit of a recap in In April of this year, the Lord gave me a message for you and a teaching for you on reshaping 2020. And you probably won't remember it because you don't remember much that I say. But so let me help you. Uh, You know, in any kind of any any pandemic, any emergency, there is always first a response. And often people fall into the trap of staying in the response mode or the reaction mode, and they just keep responding to what's going on around them. But we are called not to stay in response mode, but quickly as possible, move into recovery mode where you begin to recover your coordinates, you begin to recover your God rhythms so that you can then restart, reboot, or reshape what you need to reshape. Are you with me? So that was back in April, and we find ourselves right now in the time where we're we're not in so much as recovery, but we are establishing our rhythms, our rhythms in our devotional life, our rhythms in our church life, our rhythms in our family life. You know, one of my frustrations through this season is okay for me to have a little bit of therapy while I preach? One of my frustrations has been hearing all the stories of how God has, this time of the kind of lockdown has been so good for so many of you. I'm still trying to find my so good. (laughs) I'm oh like, God, I know it'll come, but I ain't here yet because cause lockdown has not been good for me. Uh, I've kind of been standing in the front door just waiting for someone to show up and invite me out on something, do something out of the house. I know it'll come, but here's the deal. We, right now, need to have these God rhythms reshaping everything we're doing. And so... During that message, I talked to you about your playlist, your to-do list and your checklist. Remember, make your playlist worship, make your to-do list simple and make your checklist peace. And I want to say, I don't think that has changed. We must keep our playlist worship. I have been filling my home and my earbuds with worship and with praise all the way through because it helps me stay in line with the God rhythms. It helps me not get pressured by the pressure that's around me and it allows the kingdom truth to come out in the time that it needs to. Can I encourage you to keep your checklist peace? Like keep, keep peace as the umpire of everything that you're doing and your to-do list, keep it simple. Just stay in the zone of faith, hope and love. Just stay in the faith zone. And I do think that God will cause miracles to show up in your mayhem. And if you have a story like that from this last season, whatever it is, we want to hear about it. We would love to you to come and do this on a Sunday to help encourage everyone. Are you ready to go to the Word? I loved a quote that was put on one of our WhatsApp groups by our prayer leader, Janine, and it was from C.H. Spurgeon. It said, whatever God has done is a prophecy of what He will do again. And I just love that. Whatever He has done, so what He has done for Anita, He'll do again for somebody else. Amen. What He has done for that mum who's been praying for her daughter overseas, He will do again for somebody else. So if you're in here this morning and you're a parent with a wayward child or a struggling child, you know that you can get down on your knee and pray and God will do it again in your zone. Do you agree with that? Miracles don't just happen. I was um, thinking about this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I think it's verse 9. If it's not verse 9, read the whole chapter. You'll find it definitely in there. And it says that um, it's often quoted in a positive zone by people that have not read their Bible and then allowed their Bible to read them. It says that, uh, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them. And they quote it as a positive quote, but it's not a positive quote. Your eye can't see, your ear can't hear, and your heart can't imagine. Imagine. The next verse is where it's positive. It says, But these things have been revealed to us by the Spirit of God. So this morning, when you listen, don't just listen, but listen, listening. And allow your spirit to open your eyes and ears and your heart to imagine, because that is where the faith zone is. Is that okay to say? And so the spirit of God is here today to take my natural words, make them supernatural, so it can put seed in you that can bring forth a harvest that will be miraculous. Matthew chapter six is where we're going to go, and verse eight, reading from no, Matthew chapter six, it's Matthew eight. Verse 5, it's probably going to be on the screen behind me. I'm just going to read it. When Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, a captain in the Roman army approached him asking for a miracle. It's important to see that this Roman centurion came asking for a miracle. It's important to understand that this was a guy of respect, of honour, of regard. But he humbled himself and came to Jesus a teacher, and asked him for a miracle. Lord, he said, I have a son who is living in my home, paralysed and suffering terribly. Jesus responded, red alert, ready? Red alert. I will go with you and heal him. But the Roman officer interjected, Lord, who am I to have you come into my house? I understand your authority. That's an interesting thought right there. I understand your authority. For I too am a man who walks under authority and I have authority over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go and he'll go, another to come and he'll come. I order my servants and they'll do whatever I ask. So I know that all you need to do is to stand here And command healing over my son, and he will be instantly healed. Jesus was astonished when he heard this and said to those who were following him, He has greater faith than anyone I've encountered in Israel. Stop there. Can you imagine right in this moment when Jesus stops and identifies your faith as the greatest faith he has ever seen in all of Israel. Can you imagine that another moment for this Roman soldier to get puffed up with pride, to get, oh, look at me, maybe I'm the successor to Jesus' ministry. Whatever. He doesn't go there, for Jesus has to has to stop and identify to everyone present. This is the greatest faith I've ever seen. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Multitudes of non-Jewish people will stream from east and the west to enter into the banqueting feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the heavenly kingdom. But many Israelites born to be heirs of the kingdom will be turned away and banished into darkness where there will be weeping and unbearable anguish. Then Jesus turned to the Roman officer and said, go home. All that you have believed will be done for you. And his son was healed that very moment. There's so many things that jump out the page, but here's the important things as I began to just lock down and study with God on it. This guy had rank and high esteem, but that had humbled him, not puffed him up with pride. He was a man of great honour and respect, but also great humility. He said, who am I? to have you come into my home. He wasn't looking for a home visit. He was looking for a holy command and he got it. He wasn't expecting a home visit. He was expecting Jesus to release his authority that could heal his son at home. Other translations say it's his servant. This modern one says his son. We don't know whether it was his son or his servant, but it was obviously someone dear to this Roman centurion. He respected natural authority. It's interesting, he said, you know what? I take orders and I give orders. You don't need to come to my home. I give an order and others action them because I action the orders that have been given to me. He says, so you just give the orders and I'll go into action. Do you notice when he says, go home, your son is healed, That centurion didn't argue, he went home and found that he was healed in that very moment. It causes me to ask myself the question, Claude, can you take orders? It, It causes me to think about the fact that authority is always limited. Many people would have looked at this Roman soldier and thought he had all power and all authority, but he knew he didn't have all power and all authority. He knew that his power and his authority was limited to that zone that he was called to work in, in the military. He knew he didn't have the spiritual authority. He didn't have the healing authority. So he went to the one with it, seeking the command. And I think that's so powerful and so important because you know what? I've got to ask myself the question, can I take orders? You've got to ask yourself the question, if you want the, the power of God to show up in your life supernatural, if you want God to intervene, we've got to ask ourselves the questions, can you take orders at home, husband? Uh, it was a joke. <laughs> Too scared to laugh. <laughs> can you take home at home, at work, at school? in your sporting club, at the gym, at church. Because natural authority is a revelation of spiritual authority. If you want to move in the faith zone, you've got to move in the fact zone. Earthly authority is always limited and this centurion knew that so he went to the one who he he knew had the authority to heal. He went seeking a command and he acted on it immediately. Jesus declared his faith as the greatest that he had encountered. But then he had also declared that many rich folk were not going to enter into heaven, even though they were called to, and they weren't going to enter in because they didn't know how to respect authority. I didn't know how to flow with it. And, and let me say this, I'm not giving you any mixed or undertone messages here. I'm not on an authority drive for leadership because I do believe in this point, in this hour, in this very hour that we're living in, we are moving into a season where God is going to bring a reformation of everything that we know about church and about life. You know, you've got to understand that in a 10-year period in China alone, 110, 110 million people were converted to Christ. It was a revival. When you do the the mass, the amount of people that were coming to Christ every hour in that nation for 10 years straight is well over a thousand people every hour for 10 years straight. Here's the interesting thing about it, that when you go and do a study of that era and that season, you can't find a mega ministry, a mega church or a movement that you can identify with that move of God. You can't find the superstar preacher or the superstar singer or the superstar anything. What you can find is authentic followers of Christ who got changed and transformed on the inside and they reached out to their loved ones and seen them converted to Christ and took on the responsibility of seeing them do the journey into a real relationship with God and you know what is my cry that in the Western church, in the Western world, in Western Australia that we'll see that kind of move. We often are believing for exponential growth in areas of our life including church but we often don't understand what it takes to get it. It's slow, it's process orientated and it catches you by surprise. Let me explain that, I want to make sure I get this right. I did a study recently of the water lily, as you do, you study water lilies, a water lily can reproduce itself every day, every day. If you put a water lily in this lake, and it reproduces itself every day. It's an incredible picture of of exponential growth. It will reproduce and begin to cover that lake day after day with you're not really noticing what's going on. But here's the crazy thing. On day 54, that water lily will cover just 1% of the lake on day 54. But on day 60... it'll it'll cover the entire lake as each lily reproduces another lily. Are you with me? We often think that exponential growth is, but it's not. It just kind of creeps up and then all of a sudden it takes off because when one will reproduce what they've got in another, who reproduces what they've got in another, who reproduces what they've got in another, who reproduces what they've got in another. You know, what we're seeing in our world today with the pandemic and with the woke generation and and everything that's going on, it's no surprise to me because there has been an undertone of silence for way too long on issues that matter way more than we've given it time for. And I'm not saying that everything that we're seeing come out of it is good. Obviously it's not, but I do believe we are going to see a complete reformation in our world and it must start in the church. We cannot longer be the ones that are responding to what's happening out of there. We've got to be the ones that are actually initiating from here and rising up with the answers. Don't you agree? So if God's going to, yeah, go ahead. You can clap if you want. Don't do it for me. The thing that stands out is He received what he believed. He received, it's interesting that I heard Anita say she was waiting for the butt on the first job and she got it. The butt came on whatever it was, when she first lost the job. And I think that's often one of the indicators for us individually is we are waiting for a negative to show up. And if you are constantly waiting for a negative to show up, guess what? It's going to show up. You know what? You're saving for a rainy day? Guaranteed, you're going to have a rainy day. I am not saving for a rainy day. I'm saving for a sunny one where the airports are open and I'm allowed to fly out. Hello, somebody. I'm going to go and have a holiday. We've got to be the kind of people that realize that we will get what we believe. Okay, this is the non compassionate portion of the message. You are going to get exactly what you are believing for. So it's time to believe that you are going to get a blessing and not a curse. You are going to get a breakthrough and not a breakdown. You are not just going to come back to church, but you are going to become the church. Here in Joel chapter 2, this is what it says. This is what the Lord says, Turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. I once had a preacher get in my face because i just finished teaching a workshop on how to bring people to Christ and get them to give their hearts to God. And he got in my face and said, um, he said, you can't teach that. It's erroneous. The Bible Nowhere does the Bible say that we give our hearts to God. And anyway, I went, okay, I'm sorry. I'll go away and study that myself. But here's what Joel said. He says, turn to me now. Turn to me now, while there is time, give me your hearts. Come with fasting, with weeping and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for He is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Who knows? Perhaps He will give you a reprieve, sending you a blessing instead of a curse. Perhaps he will be, you will be able to offer grain and wine to the Lord, your God, as before. I find it so powerful and interesting that God is a, is a God who repents. As the worship team joins me, do you know that you can change God's mind? through repentance. I know some of you are still stuck on that point that God repents. Are you saying really? Well, yeah, he repented of creating man back in Genesis. He repented of the prophet that he was going to take out. He gave the prophet an extra 30 or 40 years because he repented. So we can change my, God's mind on his actions towards us through turning to him, which is repentance. I I love the fact that repentance is a positive attractive word when you understand it from God's perspective because it literally means to turn to God, turning away from those other things. So right now, can I pray with you, Father, as we come to you this morning, once again, afresh, we want to give you our hearts. We don't tear our clothing, those things on the outward, but on the inside, we tear our hearts. We allow our hearts to be rent before you so that you can come in and move and be merciful and compassionate. Thank you, Father God, that you are doing miracles right now in the midst of the mayhem in our world. You are showing up and providing. You are healing. You are delivering. You are setting free. And God, we give you honour for us. And our response is an act of worship where we offer you grain and wine as we did before. Thank you, Father God, that we can be like this centurion, that regardless of our position, our authority, our influence, we remain humble and we know that the most important thing we can do in the time of crisis is to come to you and receive a holy command. God, would you begin to speak. Thank you that our eyes see, our ears hear and our hearts imagine. Help us to reimagine the things that you will do in this day and in this hour, in Jesus' Name. Just while you're in that moment, can I speak into your world, those of you that need healing in your body, Whilst I would love dearly to lay my hands on you, I know some of you will be reluctant to take up that opportunity, but that doesn't stop God moving. So right now I speak and release the healing power of God into your physical body, that your organs function the way God created them to, that every disease, every disease in your body would bow its knee today to the power of of God that heals. Holy Spirit, as you move amongst your people, as you move within your people, I thank you that you are establishing soundness of mind, strength of soul, that their physical bodies are functioning in such a way where they are releasing life, strength, health, vitality in every way. Thank you that you're causing their minds to be awakened to the food they're eating that is causing the problem. Thank you that you're causing their minds to be awakened to the things that they are doing as habits that are producing dis-ease. Thank you, Father God, that they are beginning to close off their eyes and their ears to that which pollutes them and opening to the things that purify them. Thank you that they are earnestly seeking your word and your will so they can walk in your way. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on nine five two four five zero five five. 5055.